church boys. Well, Lucas, I don't know if you know this, but Billy has about 16 part-time jobs. <laughs> I think it's actually 17. I think he added a new one I think that's, this week. And, see, and, the, and the reason for this is, oh, of course, no one will hire him full-time. So he is, he is in the middle of one of his many jobs. I he's think, actually only a part-time friend of mine, too. So <laughs> with no he's full-time. Most, most time enemy, part-time friend. Right. So he's, he is, I think tonight is his janitorial job where he cleans bathrooms in the public. Um, it's either that or parks. the yoga class that right. he teaches. He so. does. I forgot about the yoga class. So One tonight, so tonight it is, it is just, it is, it is just Lucas and I tonight. So uh, a treat for everyone. We do uh, have a special guest though. We do have a special guest after the break. We do have, a, and it's not Chrissy. I mean, if she came on, that would be special. She would be special right. too, but. But yes, I think that uh, this we'll, we'll set it, that up here in a minute. It's like a legit guest, which we Le- never have. Yes. So, um, <laughs> and before we get into r- riffing on Billy, I do want to say hello to Denmark. Uh, New Zealand, you're dead to us. Uh, yes, Denmark. we did kind of drop in the polls in New Zealand, a but they've been battling yeah. a little bit of COVID spike there. Oh, so that could they? be part of the reason. Well, that could be I it. think it, uh, it spiked back up, but our Denmark numbers were really good. <laughs> and we've been kind of holding our own still in the U.S. And we have. I mean, we, we have. We kind of, I think we, we've we stayed in the top 100. So it's, uh, <laughs> which is, it's if amazing. If you've ever it's listened amazing. to this show for more than about seven seconds, you realize there is really no way it's possible for these guys to be in the top 100 in the United States, but but we are. But here we are, and we make zero money from this. And we're I have a proud prediction that. that our numbers are going to spike because Billy's not here. Oh, it's a guarantee. People want to see what a kind of a train wreck this is without Billy. You think it's bad with Billy? <laughs> so speaking of, so Billy is. As you know, has all these different jobs that he does, and one of his jobs is when he's not busy writing books and then selling them to his friends at full retail value. Hello, I bought one too, full retail. Yeah. Yes, um, I've never. Billy has written four books. He is one of my dearest, closest friends, maybe my best friend, and he would say the same about me. And I can say that because he's not here to counter it. Of the four books, ask me how many of those four I have ever paid less than full retail how many of those have you ever zero paid less than full retail zero of those books <laughs> uh so but you know we gotta do it we, we gotta listen we gotta support the guy clearly but for the record i sent you my book for free you did you did and, and you, you will get my next you, book that's coming out next year and you, for free as well and you scribbled all over it so yes. that, now the resale value is just in the toilet yeah. It's like when Trump was signing those things and handing them to the to the officers, you know, go sell this on eBay. That's what I wanted you to do. You'll get at least three dollars if you sell so, my autograph on eBay. So one of the things that Billy does, as everyone knows, is he does a, a special thing on uh was it on the first on that on the TV channel? Yes, the first. The okay. first open mic. Open mic, right. Open mic on the first, yes. So he gave us he got permission from uh, from the from that channel to give us a sneak peek of his his forthcoming. Yeah, this is the first time. This is right. before the first drops it. Right. This has, is like the first time anybody's going to hear it. It has never been on TV, but it's a very special one, and we're very excited to be able to air Billy's upcoming uh, open mic that it's going to be on the first soon. So here we go. Oh wait, just a minute. I have to actually pull it up on my soundboard here, and now we have it. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um, how a lot, a lot of things are stupid right now because there's because there's a whole bunch of uh, stupid people who are making decisions that are stupid, and then there's a whole bunch of other uh, stupid people 
who think that they're really smart by saying that the stupid people and the stupid things they're doing are smart because uh, they agree with the stupid things they're doing and so the people are pretending they're smart but they're actually really stupid but they can't admit that they're stupid uh, even though the things that are going on are stupid and so so you got a whole lot of stupid uh, being perpetrated by a whole lot of uh, stupid people and then supported by even more stupid people and then the rest of us are just kind of just kind of standing around going uh, hey, hey, uh, this ain't good <laughs> and so So I was pretty much, you know, that's just pretty, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. <laughs> I don't tell you. There's a whole lot of stupid going on. <laughs> I, I feel like I was at a Biden rally. I feel like I was at Billy's house. <laughs> the sad thing is, that's the take they used. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in a little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. So now, Bill, um, Lucas, our special guest, I know had had called in. Uh, is is he still we, on the we line after you're available? He's going to salvage the show tonight, okay. actually. So, so why yes. don't you why don't you wheel him in and then introduce? Him? I am excited to welcome Pastor Brian Gibson to the Church Boys for the very first time. Well, hey guys, it's hey. it's an honor to be here with you tonight. And I'm just uh, tore up that Billy's not here with us because I was looking forward to some deep discussion with him after, after what I've heard. It seems profound. I think he may be related to me, actually. I, I'm so just surprised. Of, I think he uses the he used the word like perpetrated or something like that in the middle of that. I yes. thought that was quite really, a vocabulary really word, word with everything else that was contrasting it. So that well, was that was a college word. That was high, yes. that was high end Billy material right there. That's as good. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> Well, Pastor Brian, it is great to have you on the show. You've been making a little bit of waves, getting yourself in trouble somewhat, and you've got a message for America, and we'd love to hear what it is. Well, hey, it's it's an honor to be on here with you guys tonight, and uh, thanks so much for having me. But yeah, I've always been a troublemaker uh, my entire life, right? And uh, so, so hey, y'all know the whole world's weird right now. Have y'all recognized something weird is happening with our world <laughs> right now? It's a little bizarre. It's a little bizarre and you can't get away from it. Like you can try to go on vacation. It'll be there too, right? You, you, you go to a different store. It's there too. Uh, and it's not just on vacation. It's not just at the store. It's also at the church house, which I happen to really care about. I would think you guys do as well, since your names are the church boys, right? So right. I, I, I may be at the right place. Right. We're not, be, we're not right. being ironic with that. No, it's actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so so I'm a local church pastor, uh, pastor of church, his church, 
We've got campuses in Kentucky, Owensboro and Henderson, Kentucky, and then in Texas, in uh, Amarillo and Dumas, Texas. And so we had to compare and contrast on what it was like to be under um, a governor that saw the church as essential and under a governor that saw the church as non-essential. And so uh, at, at first, Governor Abbott in Texas uh, treated the church very well. Governor Bashir, on the other hand, in Kentucky, uh, demonized the church every night, every chance he got. He would have a fireside chat where he talked about how, you know, Sunday morning is the most deadly hour of the week. It's the week when the coronavirus comes out and takes lives, mainly in churches and synagogues. It's a very religious virus. So mm. um, we got kicked around a little bit by those guys. And uh, the only thing you can do when Caesar starts pushing against you is you better push back. Because if you don't push back, you're a soft target. Hmm. There's nothing the government likes to go after better, right, or more than a soft target. So uh, so when the thing first happened, we complied. Uh, I didn't know. You know, you heard the stats. Hey, we're all going to die. The sky's falling. It's the Black Plague. Um, 5% of America could die. And so trying to figure all that out and get the science right, we went online like so many people did. And we did that until Easter. And uh, Easter rolls around, and my guys at, at, at every campus had organized a um, Easter egg giveaway for kids, right? Like the old school candy eggs, I love them. You know, you find them next year, the candy's still good in them. Yeah. And, and so we had them, we had them organized, and we we actually used less than ten volunteers. Uh, the eggs had set for five days sterilizing, and then we had there, nobody's getting out of cars, right? People are just coming through. We're handing the kid, kids eggs. Think about how weird these kids' lives are at that point, right? Uh, they're hearing about a plague. They're not going to school. They don't know if grandma's going to die. Kids are, perspe- you know, they, they, they hear us. Uh, my wife and I say we used to have secrets. Now now we have children, right? They're always listening, and uh, which is tricky when you're a pastor. But um, I'll, I'll say this. The health department on the day we were doing the egg giveaway shows up and says, you can't do this. We're going to shut you down. And we complied that day. If I could do it over again, I would never comply again because the people at that campus in Owensboro, Kentucky, are looking across the road at the fast food joint serving French fries. Some 16-year-old sticking French fries in a box, right? The liquor stores are serving their patrons uh, however they want to. Uh, The lattes are coming out of the coffee joint, but the church is not smart enough to give eggs to a kid in the name of Jesus. And it ticked me off, right? Uh, so my response was, as I said, hey, I'm going to the parking lot. The governor says we can't pass anything out. The health department says we can't do this. Uh, we're going to do a communion service. It's a sacrament. It's our First Amendment right. We're going to distribute communion. I called all of the local press, said I'm going to do it. If they want to do something to me, arrest me, bring it on. I'll be right here in the parking lot. And so people showed up. Uh, the press saw we were not insane, right? We were we were using uh good judgment, wisdom, taking every precaution we could at that time with the information we had. And they wrote great articles about us and said, hey, these guys just want to exercise their constitutional right. Uh, Even now that's in a more conservative part of the world, but not necessarily conservative paper uh, still wrote those articles. And so that kind of kicked us off to to start championing churches to open up. We said, man, we're gonna we're gonna go against the governor's orders. We're gonna start opening up churches, not just ours, but we started calling churches peacefully gather. Started calling churches. It's who we are, peacefully gather. Yeah, that's the name of your organization that you have, peacefully gather. 
Yeah. And we called churches from around America, not just churches, rabbis, all religious leaders, right? Because it's not just a Christian issue. It's a First Amendment issue. We said stand up for the First Amendment before it's gone. And it resonated with a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders. And the first week we kicked it off, it was three weeks prior. uh, I believe it was the 10th, three weeks prior to Pentecost Sunday. So it would have been like the 10th of uh, May. And the first first week, you know, we had we had uh, um, over a hundred open up, hundred churches open up, despite governor's orders. Uh, second week was like a thousand, and then Pentecost Sunday. This wasn't just us; these are other organizations we're working with too. But when California came online, so many churches went in Cali on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, it was thousands of churches across the nation, because this is America, and uh, Caesar can't tell you how to worship unless you let him tell you how to worship. Nero Newsom can't tell you how to worship in California unless you let him, Nero Newsom, tell you how to worship. Uh, Bashir is not the almighty God. The almighty God sits in the throne, and Andy Bashir is not going to tell me how to worship. So more guys and more ladies need to uh, catch that because still, here's here's the facts. Uh, I believe we're at 63% churches still closed in America, wow. 63%. And of the 37% of churches that are open in America right now, they have 30% pre-COVID uh, attendance on average. Hmm. So if you see that. Are, is are, your attendance kind of back up to normal numbers? Are you guys still down a little bit? What does that look like? Yeah, we're, we're down. This week we took a big jump up, uh, which was awesome to see. And so we're running about 75% across our four locations. Uh, the highest numbers I'm hearing out there are 80. Uh, got a got a brother that we stood with in Chicago. He's at 80. Uh, some friends on Maui are at about 80. Um, so, but but those are the man. I got a lot of friends at 30. I pastor church in South Bend, Indiana, so about 90 miles from Chicago, and oh, yeah. uh, we're probably uh, we're probably 60, 70 percent, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely resonate with that, you know, and we've, we've, uh, we, we've been open, um, man, we opened, uh, we opened still in May, you know, we were on the early side of things when Indiana kind of kicked open and our governor has been pretty good about, um, about, uh, handling this and, and has considered churches fairly early on essential, uh, not initially, but, you know, after they kind of got the handle on things, you know, going into to mid May, um, but, uh, you know, we've we uh, it took some time to kind of get things rolling again and getting people out there. I think some of the new the you know, there was a clarification on the CDC page about pre-existing conditions and comorbid comorbidities that that came out. I think, you know, I've seen people venturing out maybe a little bit more even since that announcement, which, um, you know, I, one of the concerns that that pastors have is this whole 501c3 thing, you know, and so. If I'm a church, I got and I'm a 501c3. Do I have to do you know exactly what they tell me? What would you say to a pastor that is maybe concerned about that 501c3 issue? Well, th- there's a couple of things to say about the 501c3 issue. Uh, what they're really concerned to goes back to the Johnson Amendment, right? The Johnson Amendment was passed because Johnson hated the voice of the church and wasn't pro his policies during the day. And so since then, this idea of you cannot speak politically at all in the church has resonated across the country. Um, So so they've done a good job selling that as being a constitutional amendment. Now, every year I have friends who preach 
extremely political messages. There's even a movement that does this. I forget their name, but but they'll challenge pastors, get as political as you can. Now take a copy of your message and send it to the IRS, all right? Send it and see if they try to take your 501c3 away. You know how many of them they've taken away? I would suppose Somebody zero. Somebody out there. I would guess zero. Come on, come on. You're, Chris, yeah. you nailed it, right? I, I think Billy would have been quicker to the grawl than you guys. No, but, Billy is but, not. But, but no. you, nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it, Chris. And zero. And because, because here's the deal. The IRS does not want to fight that battle in court because they know they're going to lose. All right. The Johnson Amendment is a, is a paper tiger. It has no teeth. It has no, it has no real bite. It's all, it's all fear-based. Mm. So I would say... Don't be afraid. Come on. God doesn't call cowards to lead the body of Christ. God calls fearless people. I've been saying this since the beginning. Jesus uh, is the lamb, right? Slain from the foundation of the world for the sins of the world, for repent of our sins, call on him. Come on. He died for it. And the lamb has taken my sin upon himself. So he is a lamb, but he's not just a lamb. He's also a lion. The scripture tells me that he'll return as a lion to execute judgment upon the nations. And I believe with all of my heart, he's going to land on the Mount of Olives. The lion will return, right? He's going to walk down off the Mount of Olives through the Kidron Valley, uh, right up the Temple Mount. He'll sit down and he will execute judgment upon the nations. So Jesus is a lamb, but he's also a lion. Hmm. So what pastors have to learn is, and Christians have to learn, not just pastors, is, and I think wisdom teaches us this, when to be the lamb and when to be the lion. And, and a lot of times in our life, you got to strike a balance because some people are more lamb-like, some people are more lion-like. But I'll tell you, we got too many lambs and not enough lions. So stop being afraid of them taking away. What are you going to stand before the, the judgment seat someday and say, Jesus, I would have spoke out. I would have been a prophetic voice. I would have saved America. But I was afraid that somebody wouldn't get their tax-exempt write-off. I just don't think that's going to hold up whenever I answer to an almighty God. So do you, so, uh, do you think be, that, be lying like So I, I know that there are still a lot of churches closed and I know, I'm not going to assume to know all the reasons that people haven't opened their churches. There's some that have legitimate health concerns. I'm sure some smaller churches and things. I, I know that our church, we're in a, I'm in a small community in, um, in the Pacific Northwest. We have, we have had a total of four cases in the County four. Right, so right. we're not real nervous about about COVID here. However, we're trying to take precautions. Our church personally, yeah. we're a smaller church, but we're at, we're probably close to 90% of where we were before. And the people who are gone are a couple families who are, you know, they've had some health issues and so they're not sure. right. So what would you say is uh, of the churches that are open, that are seeing their numbers that, that are down, or do you think that most of those are, are people who have health, con you know, who have health worries or are they just people who are like, no, I'm opposing my church for daring to oppose what you would say is Caesar? Uh, I think it's a mixture of, of all of it, right? So like so like if you have someone that that is, like today I, I, uh, I prayed for uh, the mayor of our city, all right, which was a great honor. Uh, she's been going through chemotherapy, right? Mm -hmm. So normally if I pray for you, I'm going to lay hands on you, right? It's in my, it's in my theology. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the kind of Christian I am. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to give it one of these and pray in the name of Jesus. Well, today that woman's going through chemotherapy. There's COVID scare still out there in the air. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it makes sense to exercise precaution. 
with someone like that. So if someone has a real sickness or real, you know, a comorbidity or, you know, they're, they're older than Methuselah, only the, only the Bible people will know what I'm talking about right now, but look it up. If you don't know, you Chris, is, up, Chris right? is just a few years younger I than just, that. I just, <laughs> my last birthday was last week and I'm really close. You're getting there. Well, I'm, I'm 42, but I don't look a day older than 60. This is what that strength has done for me. But uh, <laughs> it's been awesome. But uh, so that makes sense. But then a lot of people just got used to what I call underwear church, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not against, I, I have online church. I'm still doing online church. I think it's a great tool, but I think it is a supplement and it should not be the main course. And there are voices out there in America that have tried to make it the main course. And they're redefining the way we do church. They're redefining a whole system of theology on a dime. If you think about 2,000 years of church history, the church is gathered together in war, plague, pestilence, famine. It didn't matter. They were coming together. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the same online. Well, it's not the same online. Right. And I, again, I'm not against it. I do it. But I tell my people it is not it is not the same. So I think they got used to underwear church, man. Cause it's cool. You know, you're hanging out on your comfortable couch. Yeah. You got your underwear on your, 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 uh, fur rug, no shirt. You're watching your pastor. You can get up and get some more coffee. You get distracted. You walk out of the room, you come back in. It's so, not the same. So, so how some do you, people have gotten so, cultured. So, to that. Yeah. And like, and like your church and like, I'm sure Lucas says our, ours was closed for a, a few months when dealing with it because, and as you said, Right. I think there's a whole lot of grace to be given in that area because we don't know what we're dealing with. And the experts are telling us this is what we're facing. You know, we got to be we got to be responsible. We don't want to be like we don't want to look like bad stewards or bad examples. Sure. We have to. I mean, we have to be good examples, period. Right. So. um, So I got used to and I started to understand. Listen, I was born on I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday kind of. I mean, that's just the way my parents raised me didn't miss her. We, when we went on vacation, if we happened to be on vacation over a Sunday, we found a church to go that's to. That's how we were right? too. Yeah. So that's, oh, yeah. right. That's, that's what it was. Now, during that time I went, I kind of understand why it's nice <laughs> to, I can stay at home. I, I get up and shower like I normally would, but instead of throwing on jeans and a, and a shirt, I throw on, you know, shorts and a shirt and I'm sitting here on the couch, spending time with the kids. And, and let's watch, face it, you watch may it. or may not have pants on right now, Chris. <laughs> That's I may uh, yeah. or may not. Uh, I don't want to know, right? <laughs> no one does. But you know, and watching watching services online, and and I got used to. I got I got I shouldn't say I got used to. I I got to this point where I'm like, I get why this is an appeal to people, and so sure. and 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 I've had these conversations. I know Lucas and I and Billy have talked about this before, but I've had plenty of people who say, "Listen, I can worship God by going out in the mountains and not going to church. I can worship and look at His beauty of His creation." I can think about him and see him at work and all things, and and that can be church for me, and and he said, and I can worship that way. I've had that those conversations, and my response is, I'll agree with you that you can if you'll agree with me that you won't, right? And so, <laughs> and what I've discovered is that people really they choose they want the lazy they want the lazy option. So how do you as a pastor? I mean, you're you're dynamic and you're leading these different groups. How do you convince people to go? And this is true even before COVID. How do you convince people to give up a Sunday morning to come to church? Well, it's uh, number one. You got to have a you got to have a theology, right? I mean, and, and I believe, I believe the church is the answer to the world's problems, sure. without a shadow of a doubt. 
My favorite place on earth is Caesarea Philippi, northern Israel. It's where Jesus took his disciples. You know, he took them right up there. Would have been during the days of Jesus, one of the most wicked places on the earth. So think about like the red light district in Bangkok. Think about Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, right? Foul things going on. Uh, a good Orthodox Jew wouldn't even go up to Caesarea Philippi. Jesus takes them up there. Uh, it's, it's this wicked place. I love it there. But it's got this massive uh, cave, right? This big rock wall. And then it's the fountainhead of the Jordan River comes out of there. And they thought that was the gates of hell. So Jesus took his, his people up there and he said, I'm going to build my church. And then he turned around and pointed to what the people thought the gates of hell or Hades was. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right. I will build my church. The only thing that Jesus is building on the earth today that I know for sure without a without a, any shadow of a doubt is the church. And so I spend a tremendous amount of my time. You know, there, there are grace preachers, there are faith preachers, there's healing preachers, there's all of that. And we all should be a little bit of all of that. But I think if people probably classified what kind of preacher I am, I'm a church preacher. Because hmm. if you can get people in the church, they can taste all of those other messages, right? It's the pillar in the ground of the truth. All right. The Bible says, don't forsake. If it's a Christian audience listening right now, it's a commandment. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. So there's some stuff you're, you're not going to get unless you're there live. And I, I've heard it said like a fire, right? Like, like I was somewhere, I forgot where I was even. Oh, I'll tell you what, I might've been out in Thousand Oaks um, with Pastor McCoy standing, standing with him. Uh, but, but whenever they said they were going to come arrest people, Nero Newsom was showing up, you know, and issuing tickets and I'm not into letting preachers get arrested without me. So my plan was with my friends is we were going to get between him and the law and I can't get anybody to arrest me in the nineties. Every time I got drunk, I got arrested and now no one <laughs> will arrest me. Right. Every time I got coked up, I got arrested in the nineties and now nobody will do it. But, uh, so it's like, let, let's go there. But but McCoy, who is a brilliant preacher, by the way, uh, some of his last few sermons, I'll listen to if you hadn't. He, he was talking about the fire and they put it up on a screen and he's like, isn't that fire nice and warm? Can you smell it? Can you feel it? Can, can you, you know, is the aroma, you know, he's working all that. And everybody's like, no. Why? Because it's, it's a screen. That's it. And so I think we've got to sell the church. It's not the same if it's just the screen. Right. I can't water. We water baptized, I don't know, 40, 50 people this weekend at our campuses. I can't water baptize you. I guess I could take you on the phone and have you go to the bathtub and fill it up and you could baptize yourself. And, you know, I could help you with the phone. It'd be real weird. Uh, we got to get them in the church. Right. Right. If I, I, I came in the church in 98 as a as a, I was a wild kid. I was a meth head, a coke head, outlaw. Uh, running from people that were probably going to kill me in Kentucky and fled to Texas to get away from, uh, we won't even call them by name. But but um, I got there in the church. And sitting in that church, Jesus changed my life. Mm -hmm. And the people around me, right? Wasn't just the preaching, wasn't just the music. It was the people looking me in the eye. And, hey, Brian, you screwing up. Brian, you, you staying sober. Brian, I know your apartment's across the road from a strip club. Are you staying out of that strip club? Hmm. Right? So and those people changed my life. What, and you can't get that. What got you to go to the church in the first place, though? Uh, you know, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. My, um, this, is, this is funny. My, my brother, I was on a big meth run. 
Uh, been, uh, been partying time out, for a time out just a sec, just a second. You are the healthiest looking, most <laughs> teeth, mouth filled with teeth, m former method I have ever met. And I've met, well, some, method. I've some, met some methods. You have recovered well. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're listening just on the audio version of the Church Boys, make sure and look up Pastor Brian Gibson. You know, so you can see that beautiful headshot there. Well, thank you. I'm I'm a plus size model. I make some extra money right now as the plus size. So is model. Billy. <laughs> Me and Billy, we can work together. Uh, Billy, Billy, my boy, we'll work together. Uh, all right. So, so here's here's uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the deal with me and, and the meth is that I started very young. So, like, like I was raised. Uh, you ever heard of people say, "Were you raised in a barn?" You ever heard that expression? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I was literally raised in a barn. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, in my backyard, there was a stockyard, and my dad ran the largest cattle brokerage in America. So, every day, my backyard is full of cowboys and truckers coming all day long. There's nothing cowboys and truckers like better than, than meth and moonshine, right, in Kentucky. And so um, I started using that as a, as a young kid. Wow. Uh, I probably started doing meth at 15. Wow. Uh, I'd do an eight ball of Coke every night, Friday and Saturday, meth through the weeks. Uh, played football, functioning addict, heavy drinker, big gambler. And I'd already had enough of it and, and had disposable income to play like that. Right. I worked around the clock. My father worked us around the clock, but they, they paid us well, too. Mm. So we had money and no expenses. And uh, so so finally, that had consumed my life so much. My brother slammed me in the back of a car, uh, said, said, you're sobering up. We're going out west to call on some customers. I fell asleep and I woke up in Amarillo, Texas. And my brother said, get cleaned up. We're going to meet this preacher guy. And uh, I said, man, I don't want to go meet a preacher. He said, get up. We're going to meet this preacher guy. And so then he starts working on me. He's like, this guy's a preacher. He's a man of God. He'll probably know what you're doing wrong and right when he sees you. <laughs> and I wouldn't even look this guy in the eye when we walk into his house, right? So, so uh, but long story short, uh, Jesus laid it on that guy's heart to, to minister to me hmm. over the course of the next few months. And he asked me, he said, I know you're in trouble because my brother told him my story, right? Uh, you want to get away from those those people, you come out here to Texas. And uh, so I went. I wanted out. I just didn't know how to get out. And that's a lot of people in addiction, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, they don't want to be there, uh, but they don't know how to get out. So the church got me out of addiction. That's why I'm selling the church. The church got me my wife. Because to pay that guy for everything he did for me, uh, he had a good-looking daughter. And I ran off with oh, her no. a couple years oh, later, no. right? Oh, no. <laughs> That's the kind of man I am. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 Pastor Brian, we only have a few more minutes till our next segment, um, but I want to ask you a couple things. So for the pastors out there that maybe you're hearing this and this is resonating with them and they want to find out more about what you're doing, you know, where can they go to find that out? What sort of offerings do you have available for them to kind of tap into? Yeah, peaceablygather.com is the website they're going to want to go to. And uh, we, we do a lot of help. Um, in different areas with the pastors every every week we're bringing a different training to them i'll give you some examples just letting them know what's going on around the country there are guys on a pastor's call that are there but uh kelly shackelford uh who runs one of the largest um legal first amendment church uh, law firms in america is partnered with us so if somebody needs legal information uh shackelford's group will help them with that we're helping them with stuff like there's a man named sheriff mack that'll teach you the power of the sheriff. Your local sheriff can deputize you 
you can arrest a state trooper and they can keep people from invading the church and doing things like that. We got guys like the constitutional coach, Rick Green, that'll come on and tell you what your rights are. We're working hard to resource them every week. And if they get in trouble and uh, somebody's coming after them, we'll send PG pastors to where they are hmm. to stand with them. So I'm telling you, we're not just talking. If they're coming to arrest you, we're going to jail with you. And when we get there, we're going to start a gang together. It's going to be awesome. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> That's I, And yeah, I want to just go, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Lucas. No, I just want to stress, you know, obviously, uh, you know, for people just hearing about you, uh, you know, the, the organization's name is Peacefully Gather, and that's what peaceably. you're recommending. Peaceably. 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 Peaceably, sorry. Peaceably, peaceably gather. gather. And that's what Stop you're down. recommending. You're recommending that, you know, you're standing for your rights. Uh, you know, if and if they if they're gonna come and arrest you, you're gonna you're gonna comply and they can do that and you're gonna go through the process there, but know your rights, know what legally is available to you, know what's available to you through the First Amendment. And uh, so it pastors, check that out. Uh, make sure and hit up the website, I and mean, we put that if, in the show notes as we well. If people um, want to give, if people want to give to that organization, can they give at that website? They can. They can give at, okay. at that website as well. And uh, you know, it, it, it's been uh, it's been awesome. We started the thing with you know a prayer and just uh, 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 throw the ball down the field. Let's see what we can do. And uh, God kind of breathed on it. It was crazy. We That's opened amazing. it up on a Tuesday. Uh, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. But the next morning. Uh, I get a call at 4.45 a.m., oh. and it's one of my dear friends from our Owensboro campus. He says, hey, Pastor, you're on, you're on Fox News right now. And I said, you mean, you mean local Fox? He said, no, man, you're on, you're on national Fox. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. And I'm not going to tell you what I said when I heard that, but, but that kind of that <laughs> took the thing off. And you know what I mean. Uh, wow. It was first tee. Uh, so, so that got the message out there. God breathed on it, and we've met some incredible people. And it's not just peace, peaceably gathered doing this. There's some other organizations. We we kind of were the the spear at that time, you know, mm -hmm. the tip of the mm -hmm. spear. Uh, but th there's other great groups around the country that care about your First Amendment rights and are fighting for them and fighting for the church. Have you kept? So up, I applaud all those guys. Have you kept up with going on? What's going on with uh, John MacArthur's church over in California? Have you been yes, part of that I have. at all? Have you guys worked with him at all? Or is he like, he's big enough that he can probably do his own thing, right? Yeah, MacArthur's a giant, right? right. I mean, he's a giant out there. And, uh, you know, we have considered putting together a protest of what they're doing with him on the parking lot. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so yeah, it's, it's, that is, I'll tell you, we have a brother from Romania that was the most uh, persecuted I think pastor in America, in Chicago, uh, early in the game, right? Uh, Elam Romanian Pentecostal Church. And his name is Pastor Christian Inesco. And this guy is awesome. I'll mm. tell you, I, I, I love him. I want to I wanna be Romanian when I'm around him. <laughs> but um, uh, just, just a tough guy. And uh, what he was talking about, Romania, a lot of people don't know this. They had a First Amendment. They had freedom of worship. Mm. They had a government like ours. And it was turned over by like 800 communists almost overnight. Wow. Snuck up on them, boom, religious freedom was gone. All right, Pastor Christian says, here's what you look for. If, if they're coming and they're going to do something like that to you, number one, it's persecution, discrimination. Number two, they won't follow the rules. The leaders will not follow the rules that they, they give to the people. Like there might be a, ma a mask mandate or an anti-salon mandate. <laughs> 
and you might go there anywhere. What anyway, a strange example. Yeah. Or, or maybe you come out of a gym and you're standing without a mask when you've been screaming about masks forever. And the third thing he says, if they can't get things done legally through the courts, right, and follow due process, they'll find other means to come against you. Yep. Like maybe take away your parking lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a totalitarian, communist-looking move. Yeah. And uh, so we've considered doing something with MacArthur for for that. He doesn't need my help. I mean, he's down MacArthur. Right. But. Hey, he's a brother. I love it. So Pastor Christian, is he the guy you wrote that piece for WorldNet Daily with? Yes. Did you do a, a, read a piece that you had done with, with well, I, I guess it was him for WorldNet Daily. Yeah, it, so. it, was, it was him. And is it on and, that, and it's it, on that topic, right? Yeah, it was all on that topic about, about how America needs to wake up because this is not just a virus. I believe this with all of my heart, too. I believe this is not just a virus. Uh, it, 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 it is a virus, a real virus, but it's not just a virus, right? Um, it's not the virus it was claimed to be. Hmm. Uh, it's not just racial animosity. I understand there is some racial animosity and, and issues, but it's not just racial animosity. This is a coup d'etat. And I think if you look at the, at the Marxist playbook, and, and Ionesco would be a better man to paint this picture than me because he escaped it and lived through hmm. it, right? Talk to a Romanian, talk to a Cuban, uh, talk to somebody that's escaped one of these places. I was in Cuba last year and they tried to extort, I forgot, 18,000 out of me wow. to let me leave the nation. Um, I was over there trying to, did trying to tell, start a church. Did you so, tell them, um, uh, you are lowballing yourself. I would have paid twice that to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got out without giving them another dime, Oh, good. but, but they all showed up and, uh, we ended up pitting a Cuban against another Cuban. So then it was between them. Uh, cause one was for us and everybody else was against us and it, it worked, God worked it out. Yeah. But I'll just say, Ionesco, America needs to wake up because yeah. when our basic rights, I've traveled the world preaching the gospel. I've had, uh, I've had the VC or whoever they are in Vietnam come in and break up my underground church meetings and haul people off. Hmm. And the only thing that separates us from that or what goes on to the Chinese or Middle East is the first amendment. Hmm. You lose that. You got nothing more than than those guys had once it was gone in Romania. Right. So Alnesco's a stud. You guys should have him on sometime. We'll have to talk to him. We yeah, love yeah, it. We mean, love it. Yeah. So uh, check out the website. It's peaceablygather.com. We'll have that in the show notes. And uh, Pastor Brian, really appreciate you being on, blessing your work, and just uh, keep standing. And uh, appreciate you. Uh, I'm a church fan, so I appreciate you standing <laughs> up for it. Well, and, th and thanks, hey. for thanks for coming on and putting up with us. And you're going to find out after you listen to this show that you lied at the beginning when you're excited about being on and you thought it was a good idea because you're going to go, boy, this was really, this was not a good idea. <laughs> hey, it was, it was an honor gentlemen and uh, we'll cross paths right. somewhere in the future. All right. I'll right. talk to you later. Okay. Stay Stay out of trouble, Thank you. Huh? Bye-bye. All, right. All right. Let's, let's take a, let's take a break real quick. Cause we got, a, we got that ad thing to run and then we'll come right back. And I want to talk about, he hinted at it. With well, I, I want to talk about what he talked about, and then he hinted at the salon thing, so we can talk yes. about that too. So we will be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. 
cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. The church boys. Man, I hate these guys. Well, welcome back. It was, I, I, hey, listen, I could talk to him for a long time. Just, I, I, could, I could picture me sitting in his office or him coming to my house and just hanging out and talking because I, the guy's got a lot of stuff to say and most of it, I think probably most of it, you know, sensible. He probably, I would guess, probably 10% of what he says is nonsense. Just, just like, you know, what 50% of what I say and about 78% of what Billy says, you know, is <laughs> right. nonsense. But um, no, he's great. I loved him. We were just starting to get into some of the good stories. I mean, he starts bringing out these stories of traveling the world and things in other countries. I've been to a lot of countries and preaching and those things. And you get some great stories from that experience. But I was going to mention, uh, speaking of MacArthur, I have a, um, a Hollywood friend that will remain nameless, but um, she has been attending John MacArthur's church. Oh, really? And uh, she just reached out and asked uh, you know, how uh, Christy and I were doing. And she sent me a clip of a service, just a little short segment of a service in there. And I mean, that place is jumping with people. Wow. I mean, it was like the most packed church service that I've about ever seen. And so are uh, they seeing, are wild. they seeing a jump in cases? I, I, I haven't heard about spikes in cases. I've not heard of any spikes church. in cases there. The I mean, church, you would, but... yeah, you would think that it would, if it was that they would be all over that, you know, trying to uh, right. bring attention to it, but I've not seen anything that, like that. And that, that doesn't so mean far. that there won't be. Right. Sure. That doesn't mean there will. But so yeah. far, I mean, if Billy were here, he'd be freaking out about right, it. But since he's not, right. I'm going to say I think it's great. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's very Christian of them not to wear masks is what you'd like to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of not wearing masks. Yes. And or obeying the rules and saying the rules don't apply to you. You you saw the Nancy Pelosi stuff this week, right? I was actually in the salon with her while she was there getting my eyebrows done. Well, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this, because you are a (laughs) salon expert. I am a salon expert. I'd like to... I'm kind of a salon snob as well, so I can can appreciate a good salon. Now, the salons where you are, are you allowed... You can do indoor salon stuff. And... We can do indoor salons, um, and uh, we actually have some good friends that own a salon. Of and, course you, of um, course you do. Yes, of course we do. So they... Uh, yeah, so I wear a mask while my hair is getting cut, and the stylist wears a mask, hmm. and... Um, and then when they, the tough parts, when they go around your ears, you kind of have to like take the mask part off and hold and it and then, you know, but like hold it over your mouth and then put the ear back on so they can like buzz around your ears. So the quality of the ear trim has decreased slightly due to COVID, but you know, I can, that's easy enough for me to touch up. If well, I could you get, yeah, Chrissy, that's my can you get Chrissy to do that kind of stuff? I, I don't, I don't, you don't, I, trust I don't, her. That you don't trust her with your hair. No, we, we've done that before. Oh. We've done that before, Chris. I think it leads to marital <laughs> problems. I understand. Uh, so anyway, so speaking of salons, and not, so Nancy Pelosi this week got in a little bit of hot water because a, a video came out of her at a salon in San Francisco indoors, where in the, in the state of California, you are not allowed to have salons indoors. They can only be outdoors one at a time. You must be masked, both the stylist and the customer. And in the this only case, thing that would have made that better, that it, video, is if she would have been like eating chocolate ice cream as she's walking <laughs> through the salon. And dancing, waving to the camera. <laughs> right. 
So she comes out and, and, and well, and this gets revealed. And now the, the person who released the video, the security camera video, is the owner of the salon who rents chairs to and space to various stylists. That is very typical of salons and barbershops. Yeah, it's not that they're all her employees. Right. It's that they're leasing a chair. Those employees have the ability to bring people in and out that, that are their own customers. Right. And so this person, this stylist, uh, was not an employee of this person, but rents a space, rents space from this salon owner. This stylist apparently, according to San Fran Nan, made an appointment for Nancy Pelosi to have her hair did, and got she got her hair did in the inside the salon. And I she, like to call it getting her dome busted, or or that. <laughs> I think that's a southern term. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but she, so she gets, and she, and the, and the video shows her wandering through, I, I mean, like wandering, she looks like she's lost for one, <laughs> but she, and she holds onto the wall and steps down off of the step, but she's clearly not wearing a mask, even though she said she was always, she was wearing a mask. She clearly wasn't on the video. And so she's not masked and she's inside and that's not supposed to be what's going on. So conservative media, of course, went nuts about this, and they pointed out her hypocrisy of not wearing a mask and not following the rules of California, right? Liberal media, if I, I looked it up on, was it the New York Times and someplace else to, to see what kind of coverage they gave this, right? They didn't call her out for what she'd done. The only thing I found on the New York Times was a video of her saying that she had, she, she took the Mayor Berry route, right? The blank set me up, right? And that's what she came out, the, the choose, it was a setup. It was clearly a setup. And so yeah, the third most powerful person in America right. was set up by a lone, you know, so, salon owner. Yeah. So she was, she was, Nancy Pelosi was asked about this at a press conference and this was her answer. Now I've taken out some of this empty space and some weird questions. So here was, here was her answer. No, I've been there many over the years. I've been there many times. I appreciate, I appreciate the question. And let me just say this. I take responsibility for trusting of the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times and that um, when they said what well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time I trusted that as it turns out it was a setup so I take responsibility for falling for a setup and that's all I'm going to say on that I think that they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology for setting up so did you get that right? Not only does she, not only does she not apologize for breaking her apology is I apologize for getting set up. I apologize for falling for the trick. And then she says, they owe me an apology. <laughs> Listen, lady, you're from California. You're supposed to know what the rules are. And she doesn't think the rules apply to her. I will say that I saw her eyebrows and they <laughs> might owe her an apology. I don't know. <laughs> Were they moving? That was terrible. Her face That's is what Billy would frozen. have said if he was here. <laughs> that's right. That's well, off the Billy lines, right? That she belongs in a. I don't know what. I don't know what she came out of her casket. I'm, that wasn't. That, now that was unkind, Billy. So <laughs> we need to bring. We need to bring Pastor Brian back on. <laughs> it's going downhill real fast. <laughs> so, so that's what Nancy Pelosi had to say. Now, uh, there was a couple other things on our list of stupid things to talk about. What were they, Lucas? Because I'm having trouble here. We don't have Billy we to. <laughs> keep us going oh okay got you did you, you got, want to you talk got... about the all of the unrest right yes okay so he's talking about unrest going on and what have you what have, 
Have you been keeping up with the violence in Portland? I've been following and- a little bit. I mean, I think that, um, in fact, we were we were talking to a mutual friend who was saying that, you know, to expect that there's going to be about, you know, 20 different cities this weekend mm-hmm. over the holiday weekend uh, where there's going to be, you know, riots and and social unrest on the streets. And I mean, that's that's I mean, this is uh, I mean, it's, it's like Hunger Games level it really social unrest and and. You know, the problem is that it is it's being glorified, you know, in, in some circles. Um, uh, and it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's and I mean, I'm close to Chicago. I, had a, I actually was talking to a pastor today uh, who was in Chicago and he said he went shopping there with his wife. And um, he said he's never seen Chicago that bare before. Really? And they were walking down Michigan Street, kind of the main drag. Yeah. And, you know, coaches boarded up and, you know, all these different stores are bo- boarded up. Um, and he said it looked like a war zone. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I, I think that that's happening in a lot of places. Yeah. DC where I used to, I lived there for 12 years. It's dead right now. I mean, there's nothing happening because of various protests and, and also the COVID stuff, right? People aren't coming to the city because of the COVID. So yeah, I mean, think about these business owners meeting. in these markets where you go from COVID to, you know, uh, immediately into this social and, and, uh, unrest and, and riots and everything else. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you're losing the whole year of revenue in some cases yeah, for, yeah. you know, for many of these small businesses. Washingtonian, I think it was Washingtonian Magazine put out a thing about uh, with the statistics of, of various um, industries within the city of Washington, D.C. and where their levels are. And when it comes to the entertainment venues, revenue in the city, it is at zero. Yeah. I mean, not like, it's not down 98%. It's at zero dollars. There is zero entertainment revenue coming Which in. is why the church boys' numbers are going up. That's More right. people are listening, I, I know, think. I told, we... I told my wife about the number that we were having some success, and we don't know how. how and she goes, well, it's, it's, it's clear that no one is listening to podcasts. <laughs> so, so there's that. But anyway, about the violence stuff. There are a lot of folks who say that, this is, that a lot of this is drummed up, that it's some sort of Soros thing. I don't buy the Soros thing. Yeah, I don't buy the cons- I don't buy the conspiracies. Do I think that so- people like George Soros, like this kind of thing, and will use it to their advantage? I think that that's a very good possibility. Do I think that George Soros is behind it? I don't think that he is. You know, yeah, he, Dr. he's Evil not. He's scenes. not like the the uh, what the uh, Doctor Evil. Right. I think that you know, I mean, he's he believes in certain things, and he's putting money towards it. It just so happens that right. it's it's Marxist and socialist sort of concepts. But yeah, the Doctor right. Evil persona i think is is probably a little slanted yeah i don't i don't find him to be the puppet master i don't i i do believe in fact we know that he's given donations to various groups that are leading this kind of thing but i don't think i don't think that there is some sort of human here i think he's one of many that are putting money towards these directions and you know i'm not going to give him a pass because i i would not put him on my good guy list but um you know I, i don't think this is a james bond movie and i think we have to recognize that it's it's probably more like an octopus of all these different tentacles that are creating this conflict rather than one mastermind. Well, and, but it's also, and it's an overall attitude, right? And we have yeah. seen this, we have seen this attitude perpetrated by a whole lot of people and a really good video was put out with a whole lot of clips. And I want to play that, play that, play that clip or play It's a very short. This is shocking. I was, I mean, it's, like it's I knew it was, I knew this, some of these statements were made, but to hear them all together is, yeah. is crazy. So let me, let me play this real quick. If I can find it. And I think I have it here mm-hmm. and here. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. 
do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. So, so there you have it. Now, do wow. I think that any of those people are actually advocating for the assassination of the president? I don't. Do I think they're incredibly irresponsible in what they're saying and they know that they can rile up some people to do some bad things? Not hoping that they assassinate the president, but the hope they cause enough problems and enough turmoil for enough Americans to, to win the election because they're that crass? Absolutely, I do. Abs, 100% I do. And if you think of the flip side of this, if if one or two of those things would have been said while, you know, Obama was in office or if it was Biden in office, it would the the response would be completely different. Well, the response from the media would be different and from the 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 concert you and I would be yes. out there saying, "How yep. dare you say such a thing?" Yep. yep. Because we don't believe it. We believe it or not. We gun owning right wing nut jobs, and I have, I have sitting six feet six feet from me three handguns with several magazines full, right, ready to go if something happens in my in my little code safe over there in my office. Believe it or not, I don't want to use those guns. Yeah. I like to shoot things for target practice. I enjoy, I enjoy shooting guns. I don't want to shoot somebody. Yeah, and if. And if, if I have to defend myself and my family with a gun, the last thing I want to have to do is shoot someone, right? We're not pro-violence. That is not where conservatives stand. That is not where responsible, conservative, gun-owning people stand. That's not, that's not what we believe. I don't, you know, people talk about this Kyle Rittenhouse kid and that was, you know, that's being charged with murder for shooting a couple people in Kenosha. It appears, appears to be self-defense, though we don't know that. He's innocent until proven guilty as well. But I, I, I tend to think that 
there are a lot of people who want to talk tough with guns, but for the most part, most responsible gun owners and conservatives like you and me, Lucas and, and Billy, who doesn't own a gun and probably doesn't even know which end of Billy shouldn't own a gun. No, let's he be shouldn't. honest. Right. The last thing we want to do is resort to violence. Yeah. Right. I don't even, even if I just had to use a baseball bat or my fist, I don't want to, I will if I have to, but I don't want to. You know, I've had I've had some scary situations in the past. I've had a couple death threats at different times. And that was actually um, when I got my first firearm was after a series of death threats yeah. by this particular individual. And, um, you know, this this was a guy who needed to go through therapy, mm -hmm. needed need. I mean, he was he was uh, he was an addict. There was stuff going on uh, about two years after that. I was able to sit down with him, have lunch, bought his lunch, talk to him, minister to him. He was in, you know, at least a degree of right mind uh, was still doing some healing. But, um, you know, I mean even somebody who wanted to kill me who was leaving death threats in my family my desire was still how can i minister to them how can i love them and i think that's the response of of uh the majority of the people on the right and and certainly the majority of christians well I'd you know say, that are out there i'd say you know what i'd say the majority of the people on the left as well i would agree with that they that's a that's a totally fair statement i think that, they don't that want oftentimes to we forget that that there is i mean the the you know it's it's like when you um you know, you watch these shows on Netflix or whatever, and you would assume that, you know, 50% of the U.S. population is LGBT, right. you know, just because it's like the, the demographics of these shows would make you think that it's it's just a huge percentage when in actuality it's, you know, three or five or whatever it is now. And, and so I think it's the same way, you know, when you see these kind of extreme radicals and socialists and, and Marxists and these things or the people that are rioting. And you just assume that this is everybody on the left or everybody that votes Democrat. And, you know, in, in many cases, um, you know, we're seeing, uh, I think, a very small sliver that makes a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's I mean, we're seeing Democrats come out and saying, look, you know, I've been a Democrat my whole life, but I'm not for this. Right. And that's what they should be doing. And Absolutely. it's what the right should be doing if it were happening on our side you know, of, of the aisle that this was instigated by the right. And when it is instigated, right. Cause there has been times where there have been people that would, that would classify themselves as right. That have, that have done really stupid things or have done aggressive things. And that's when we should stand up and yeah. say something about it. When people on the, where the difference is maybe, maybe I'm mistaken, but the difference is this is leadership on the left calling for it exactly. and members of the media calling for exactly. it and Hollywood celebrities calling for it. I, I, I know it's, we can't paint the whole we can't paint with a broad with broad strokes, but I don't know how much more broad you get than a of, of we are in a two party system and one of two major parties, their leadership and their friends in the liberal media are calling for violence and calling for aggression against conservatives. And you still have people saying things like, you know, hey, we'll bail you out if you, you know, create problems. Yeah. And so, like, you know, including and that's, Kamala and Harris in Chicago, uh, just just this. um it was just this week, I believe, in Chicago. Uh, I think it was like thirty-six different gangs yeah. came together and said, "You know, if we see a police officer on the street with a firearm drawn, yep. you know, it's it's basically it's open season." Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so you know, and you have all these, you know, between Hollywood and politicians speaking this way, and now you have gangs speaking this way. I mean, there's there's nobody that's if you look at history, no one has ever been on the right side of history that is going around. You know, breaking windows, burning buildings, you know, and just creating terror on the street. That's never been on the right side of history. I don't care how much oppression is there. And I've spoken on the show before about 
you know, the the uh, the persecution of the early church. Their mm-hmm. response was not to go, let's go burn the city down. Right. You know, it it uh, they they took um, they 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 did. I mean, uh, they were living out what Pastor Brian's talking about, that we're going to peaceably gather. Yep. And we're going to do our thing. We're going to do, you know, it's either going to listen to God or we're going to listen to Nero and they listen to God. But it was never an act of violence towards, you know, authorities or towards, you know, this dictator, or even though they had probably reason to do it at that time, even more so than anybody could ever claim, you know, in the Western world today. And this would be, as appalling as it is, it would be at least slightly less mm, offensive. I don't, listen, I'm not someone, I, I have trouble using the word offensive because... I'm not someone who gets offended, so, but it's slightly less offensive if there were at least the same number of leading voices on the left coming out and decrying those kinds of things, coming out and saying, no, 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 we don't right. want to, no, we can't go around harassing people in restaurants, yep. Yep. right? We have we have somebody like a Maxine Waters saying, if you see him, if you see people like this in a restaurant or on the street, harass them, right? Get in their face. And, and which is what we're seeing. I mean, we just saw that one clip here recently of like yeah. a whole mob of people that are, you know, pointing at one person and, and you know, telling them, you know, the Raise way they should fist. think when they're surrounded by yep. 30 people. Yep. And so if, if we had, if we had, the, if we had as many people on the left, prominent voices on the left, decrying those things being said by prominent voices on the left, this would be at least slightly less offensive or at least... I don't say more palatable. I don't know what I don't know what word to use, but I'm. I, let me say it this way: I'd be less likely to paint with broad strokes if there was an even number of people on the left coming out and decrying these things, as there are saying them. But we're, they're not. That's it's it, the, the facts. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely shocking that you're. I mean, people. I mean, we need another John Wilkes Booth. We need. I yeah. mean, this sort of language yeah. that's coming out of that. It's it's really scary. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it, that it just feels like, uh, you know, those are dog whistle sort of uh, speeches, you know, to it's, some of the radicals that are out there. It's not. Even, but I mean, it's dog whistles is when people think that people are using code words. This isn't even dog whistles. These <laughs> that, are people true. coming out coming out and advocating for actual violence. This is like megaphone. Somebody <laughs> needs to come out this. and punch Donald Trump in the face. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I understand. Listen, that, I get, was, was that Madonna who said I've been thinking about blowing up, blowing up the White House? Yeah, yeah. She, that was, she's gotten trouble for that a few years ago. But yeah, I listen, I get being passionate and being ticked off and saying things out of school. Right. And, and saying things like, man, I would just like to I would like to punch Billy right in the face. I get that. I get. Uh, listen, That's anybody, like a weekly occurrence. anybody would say that and anybody would understand someone saying that. Yeah. And in the heat of the moment, I could see someone saying that. But then you got to come out and say, listen, I didn't mean that. I shouldn't have said that. I got, and there's a heat of battle, and I am sorry. I shouldn't have talked like in that. In the heat of the moment, you could do it. I mean, you could you could be mad at somebody and react, yeah. but then you come back and you go, Oops. and for the record, it's I don't think I've punched anybody in the face since elementary school. <laughs> I'm sorry to my friends that I got to fight with. But um, the, you know, I mean, the response to that is, guys, I messed up. That's not what I should have said. That's not what I should have done. And you take ownership of it yep. and you move forward. I mean, I understand having a bad day. I understand, Absolutely. Um, you know, being in a position where it's either fear, anxiety or frustration or just anger that rises up. We're humans. And I think that that's part of what this whole grace thing is, is that, you know, we're messed up people. Yep. And, and as believers, we understand that. But that's that doesn't you know when you have this position where you're taking on this this sort of rage and hate and and negativity and all these things that are existing here, 
and then basically coming back and saying there's nothing wrong with what I'm saying and I stand behind it, that becomes you know really scary yep. and it it's really a form of self righteousness. I agree. All right, so that was a little heavy. That was a little it heavy. was. Let's let's yeah. end on something light because we are. It's about time to close up. We don't have Billy here to to tease you know to his face and make him cry like you usually do. So and you and I haven't gotten into fisticuffs, which is. No, unfortunate, of course I no. suppose. Because we're both sensible, <laughs> rational people with a strong handle on the truth. And you bring Billy into the mix. I know. It's and like everything bringing, goes crazy. Well, it's like bringing a girl on the show. <laughs> and, and, and kind of a <laughs> Marxist girl with that because yeah. he does live in New York. Right. Oh, I know. That's, oh, don't get me started. Oh, have he, has he told you some of the stories that I have to deal with at school in New York? <laughs> oh, I, if, I can't share anything now, but hopefully maybe next week we can get him to talk about some of the stuff that's going on. Because I can't his, wait. His wife is a public school teacher. She teaches in New York City. Yes. And so they've been dealing with some stuff, and they've had some delays, thankfully, I think, because there's some, been some other things going on that are not great. But I'll let Billy share that if he wants to. Uh, Wouldn't you just love to see him homeschooling his kids? <laughs> <laughs> there's another topic that we should maybe uh, pursue with him because there are some other stories... But we can't. I can't share that now. Tune in next week in for next those. Week. That's right. So instead of talking about Billy, we will get into uh, old man Biden. Seems to be Joe Biden is what Trump has taken <laughs> to call him. Yes, yeah. And Biden was giving a speech recently, and and this was he gave he had a whole lot of things to say, but I thought this was the most profound. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than one hundred years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, when you think about it, more lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. If you didn't catch that, this was the really important part. It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, when you think about it. <clears throat> There's a better than 50-50 chance this guy's going to be president in, uh, in four months. And he... I, he kind of implied that that COVID has been around and that this is just the worst year that COVID has taken this many no, lives. But no like one, last year's COVID wasn't that bad or no the one, year before that. No one really knows what Joe is talking about, including, by the way, Joe. So <laughs> I have I've had some people trying to convince me to come around on the idea that he is that he's got issues. What what, what dementia or something like that? Are, are you on the dementia bandwagon yet? I'm not. I'm not there yet. I think that he's got, there's something going on. Look, there's a lot of health things that can happen somewhere between like, you know, hey, I just don't feel good and mm -hmm. I'm really struggling with a serious condition yeah. and, you know, neurological breakdown. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that is normal. I mean, there's one thing to be nervous talking or, you know, there's, there's, you, you just get stuck on your words. Uh, you know, when you talk for a living, it's really easy to misstep or yeah. misspeak. And sometimes I like, forget like how to pronounce a word and I got to like, oh, oh no, that didn't come out right. right. You you're know, preaching sort of on, thing. you're preaching on second Corinthians and you call it two Corinthians. That's right. Right. Yes, of course. Yes. But you know, we're seeing consistent things. So to me, like it's, it's enough to say this is concerning. I would never. And first of all, like I'm, I don't think that, I mean, it's, you can hear these quotes and, and laugh about them, yeah. but you know, I don't care if it's my worst enemy. I don't want any sort of serious condition to fall on anybody. Um, and, but it is, I will say it is concerning. Yeah. But he doesn't have a memory like this. That's for certain person, woman, 
man camera TV. No one can pull that off. And Chrissy that, and that I is, that is do stay. that on like an almost daily basis. That is going to stay on my on my soundboard until this until this this iPad I have disintegrates into dust. That is how long that <laughs> clip will be on that soundboard. So with that, I guess we'll go ahead and close it up, wrap it up with a little bow. Uh, hey, we did okay without we, supervision tonight. We did. Uh, you know what's scary is when Billy is without supervision, and I'm not exactly sure what he's doing right now. It's probably not good. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't involve that Ouija board in his book. <laughs> I thought you heard about that. <laughs> the Church Boys. So, so you got a whole lot of stupid uh, being perpetrated by a whole lot of uh, stupid people and then supported by even more stupid people. It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, when you think about it. I think that they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology for setting up. Uh, hey, hey, uh, this ain't good. That's, just, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. I don't tell you.